All right, guys, we have a very special announcement. It's official. The Bases Loaded Pod is joining the Roto Baller Radio Podcast Network. A little bit about Roto Baller. Since 2013, Roto Baller has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy addicts their fix of player news and cutting edge fantasy analysis. If you didn't know, Roto Baller's 2020 MLB draft kit is already live. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools, including printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points, head-to-head, dynasty, roto, AL only, NL only, you name it, they've got it. Roto Baller's premium draft kit includes exclusive access to 15 draft tools. These draft tools include printable cheat sheets for every single possible league type. I'm talking mixed leagues, points leagues, head-to-head, roto, dynasty, AL or NL only, you name it, they've got it. They also offer rankings and projections from the number one most accurate industry expert, Nick Mariano. Not to mention access to their exclusive rankings wizard. Like I said, there's 15. Those are just three. So there's so much more to check out. For a limited time, get your MLB premium pass for 50% off. But wait, it does actually get better. Right now, you can get an additional 10% off if you use promo code BASESLOADED. Just visit rotoballer.com slash BASESLOADED to sign up for your premium pass today so you can dominate your leagues tomorrow. Bases loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slam. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Base Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curlin. And today it is a George and Mike podcast. And you hear my son making some noise in the background <laughs> because my kids are in the room with me. This is very, very difficult. I'm trying to still provide content while being a stay-at-home dad with the kids home from school. The wife is in the – she's actually in the quiet room doing her teaching stuff. She's, she's a teacher. But, George, what's going on, man? What's up, man? Yeah, hey, it's just uh, – that's how it is for a lot of us now these days, right? I mean, uh, my kids are home too. They're – you know, it's still only uh, 8.45 here uh, in L.A., so they're they're still asleep. And, I mean, I, I know they were up late last night, but it's like, what can you do right now, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, my kids are playing Legos, and right now the Legos are fighting. And I have my other – you know what? Someone's making their podcast debut. My 8-year-old Hayden. Hayden, say hi to everybody. Hi. What's going on, man? <laughs> are you excited? you nervous? Nervous. What are you nervous about? Look, it's just a computer, a microphone. And your brother playing Legos in the background, man. That's everything. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's everything. <laughs> that, that, that's life right now. How's being quarantined? How do you like being home all the time? Hate it. You hate it? Why? What, what do you hate about it? No Hannah 15, no Universal, no Disney, no nothing. <laughs> yeah, life yeah. is kind of boring, buddy. It's uh, part of being a kid, unfortunately, is trying to make the best out of work situation. Well, part of being kids trying to enjoy everything, but you're starting to see how it is. This is it. This is life, man. Right. Yeah. It, it's funny. I was talking to, to my son last night, uh, actually, just about this and saying, like, man, like, you know, when I was a kid, I couldn't imagine something like this happening. And, you know, here they are uh, kind of stuck at home and having class from home. And yeah, oh, yeah. that's how it is. It's- you, have, you have school and stuff, too, right? How's that going? Mm, yeah, like as much as going to school. I know you like going to school, but... Right now, you're supposed to be doing homework, aren't you? No. 
No. <laughs> I told you to take a break to come do this real quick, right? Before you get started on your science. You're not doing YouTube. You're supposed to do doing science. Oh, it's broken? Okay, now I have another kid playing Legos. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's a mess. We're going to do fancy baseball stuff. But um, last thing, Hayden, do you like baseball? Not that much. Not that much? Why not? Is it the playing part or watching it? What can what can I do to make you like baseball more? No, nothing. He just shrugged. <laughs> well, we can't go to baseball games. They're canceled. After That's part of the problem. After this quarantine. All right, buddy. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Say bye to everybody. For bye. Sure. All right. I don't know how much you can hear my little one in the background, but he's probably going to be a guest appearance all episode because I am on daddy duty. Now that this is, uh, we can get on to the, I guess, the baseball stuff because people don't want to hear about my kids or hear my kids talk all day, I guess. Episode 91, we're just going to do kind of an all-value points league team. Each of us went one, basically one player at each position and just gave who we thought was a great value. Not necessarily a sleeper, not necessarily a breakout, just somebody that right now going in drafts or has been going in drafts at a good value. I, 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 looking at their ADP and just picking apart players that essentially should be going higher in points leagues because ADP is typically skewed towards points uh, towards roto formats. So, with that said, I guess we're gonna start with what catcher? I guess because catcher is terrible. Oh, I should mention we are using fantasy uh, fantasy pros ADP because we figured that's just a good consensus to go at to go with. Usually we do NFBC, but NFBC is definitely skewed towards um, roto league. So at least this one I felt like was more all encompassing. Still skewed towards yeah. roto, but still more all encompassing. So with that mm -hmm. said, catcher, who's your catcher on your all-value points league? Uh, so we're going with value here. So I'm going down to uh, Yadier Molina uh, at catcher for, for points leagues. Because, I mean, points leagues at the catcher position, if you're not getting one of those you know, top five guys, you just want someone who's going to play, really, and, and get volume. And we know that uh, Molina uh, is probably going to play still more th than most uh, catchers. And, uh, I mean, he still he hit 270 last year, so... I mean, uh, from the catcher position, that's that's great. If he's going to hit around 260 to 270 and uh, stay stay you know near the the middle of that lineup uh, and, and play a bunch, uh, I mean, you can't really uh, can't really complain getting him where he's going right now. He's average ADP of 227 according to Fantasy Pros. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's my value here at catcher for points leagues. Well, and to just, I guess we can kind of put this out there. When it comes to points leagues, you're going to hear a lot of the same stats. You're looking for guys who get on base a lot, so a lot of like high walk rates, high on base percentages. You're looking for guys who hit for power. And my value here at catcher is Carson Kelly. Although he's a top 10 catcher per the ADP, you're looking at a guy you can get on average after pick 200 that if you're waiting on catcher, again, just a good catcher to go after. Uh, last year, he raised his launch angle with it. He showed, uh, uh, you know, uh, can't think of the word, uh, uptick, I guess, will work. An uptick in power. You know, he put up 18 home runs in just 111 games. He had a, he has a walk rate of 13.2%, and he's always been a high walk guy. At least, well, not always, but at least the last three years. So, so we're looking at a guy here that's going to hit. Although at the bottom of the lineup, we're, again, we're talking about catcher. We're talking about a guy who has a pretty safe job, and we're talking about a guy who can hit some good power and get on base a lot. And again, that's what you really look for in points leagues. And outside the top 200, you can't go wrong. So Carson Kelly is who I would definitely take as my all-value leagues uh, catcher, all-value point league catcher, whatever the format is. You know what I'm going <laughs> to say. It's our yeah. all-value teams. He's my all-value catcher for points leagues. Now, so let's go ahead and move over to first base. I'll start this one off with uh, Reese Hoskins. 
not typically a huge Reese Hoskins guy, but he did have his uh, change in swing approach this spring. Didn't get a full, uh, a good, cha- a true chance to really uh, show what he's capable of. But I like him at, at pick one ten right now on average. It's a guy that again, he obviously struggled last year. He was dealing. I think I think there was like an injury there that he kind of just played through. But was it the hand or something like that? I believe it was. Yeah, remember. yeah, I think he got hit on the hand, and um, uh, yeah, there was, was really, he hit under two. It was like under two hundred after that. Yeah, it wasn't really. I don't think there was any true like documented like injury injury, but it was one of those things. It's like that event happened, and since the event happened, the stats correlate with the, like the decline do- correlates with it. So that's why it was worth mentioning. And he's a guy that again, we're talking about a guy who doesn't strike out all that much. I mean, last year there was a little bit of spike in the strikeout rate, but still relatively decent at 24 and a half percent but his walk rates again like three years now he's a, he has a career 15 to 15.2 walk rate so we're looking at a guy with a career 15.2 percent walk rate a career 364 on base percentage and easily 30 30 plus home run power i mean last year granted the ball was juiced he still put up 29 home runs while hitting only 226 the previous two seasons he hit 246 or above and we saw him hit 34 home runs in 2018 so you know the home run you know the power is there and again, because it's a points format, strikeouts lose you points, but strikeout rate is, you know, serviceable with a great walk rate, great on base. I think he's worth, he's worthy of like a, at least, I think he should be going at least 20 picks higher, if not more. Maybe I, I'd probably put him around pick 80 or so in a points league. Uh, yeah, in a points league, yeah. I mean, I, I, I can see that. Uh, definitely at 110. Yeah, definitely I mean, Hoskins is value. Still... It's value. Mm-hmm. It's not, I'll say it's not like somebody, he's not, he's not like, oh my God, you got to get him. But there's a lot. I think there's a lot of value to be there because in this format, I think he could be. I mean, first base is actually pretty decent up at the top. So I don't know how much more he can gain at first base. But I think I would take him over, like him or Jose Abreu would be really close. I think Hoskins has the potential to be better without the price tag in points right. league specifically. Yeah. Yes. In a in a points leagues. Yes. Points are, are uh, with with that strong OBP. Yeah, that's definitely going to help. Plays up. Uh, in uh, points uh, rather than Roto. Uh, so my first baseman is kind of a Reese Hoskins light with uh, Luke Voigt. Um, Ooh, you went deep. With the Yankees. Deep. That's, that's like yeah. <laughs> That'd be a super territory. <laughs> and not that it was deep, deep, but it was definitely UK. You took, like, I'm looking at values early. You know, this works out because I'm taking the early round values. You're taking the late round values. So I like this. Yeah, I think most of my guys are, are a little bit later. So oh, I got to start uh, game up. All right, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, Luke Voigt, I mean, I think he's pretty much been confirmed as the starting first baseman. And, uh, you know, we we saw that last season. He did put up a 13.9% walk rate. The His numbers after the core injury are, are you know, they're well documented. He struggled. Um, his batted ball data kind of took a turn as well. He just wasn't, he just wasn't the same hitter. Uh, but we saw what he can do. You know, he's flashed some you know, great numbers before before the injury, and then uh, in his time uh, previous year with the Cardinals, splitting time with the Cardinals and the Yankees. So he's in that lineup. You know, we, we know how good that lineup is, and so going at uh, what is it uh, around one eighty, Luke Voigt, uh, one ninety two on average ADP uh, according to Fantasy Pros. I'm I'm perfectly comfortable in a points league waiting uh, on first baseman and just grabbing Luke Voigt. Uh, you know, even maybe around 160, 170. You don't have to wait, you know, too long. I think he's going to provide that that value in that lineup. I agree as long as – I mean, he, it was trending in his direction too as far as the playing time was going. In late in, like later in spring training or whatever you want to call it, I mean, 
it wasn't really late. It was kind of like the screen share was getting going. Mike Ford was getting a lot of early run with the starting, like, you know, with more of the starters. And Luke Voigt was starting to take those reps with the starting uh, starting guys. So I think that transition was being made. I think he was earning it over Ford. But we never got a chance to truly see it, see it out. So there's still, unfortunately, there's still someone to answer questions. And with the team getting healthier, we're not exactly sure. I'm not exactly sure how much playing time, if he's going to be the everyday first baseman or not and all that stuff. So... I, I still think I think that I think he's still a value. He's still worth taking a shot on, and definitely worth uh, grabbing a little early still. Because as of right now, I would still peg him as the first baseman. But there's still a chance he does not win out the job, assuming that they're again assuming we have the season, which we forgot to touch on that whole rumor of a hundred game potential. They're shooting for a hundred game season now. So let's I guess we can back up and talk about that real quick. Hundred game season was the latest rumor. July first anticipated start date potentially. Maybe July fourth. I obviously that means they would have to ramp up in June at some point, which I don't know if that's actually going to happen. I think there's still a lot of I think it's still pretty optimistic because the whole I don't know everything's crazy right now, man. It's only getting worse still. So yeah, I think a hundred is like pretty much the best we can hope for at this point, right? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm still a little I'm still a little pessimistic at, at this point, just because the way you see the way things are progressing, and it's like you know every part of the country is you know every state is like it's going through its own cycle you know they should have done it nationwide they should have done it nationwide we're not get into politics it is what it is point being we're hoping for 100 games we're both not 100 percent sold that we're going to get said 100 games we've already discussed on two podcasts previously we went through every single team talked about a ton of players and their value changes with with a shortened season well so we don't really need to touch on that if people have any questions, you can obviously find us on Twitter and whatnot. Talk, we'll talk about it. We'll even do another podcast on it if it's really want, warranted. But as of right now, it's more of a holding pattern. We're still going to bring you content frequently. We're going to have a little fun. Obviously, I brought my kids on the podcast. One kid was voluntary. The other one just wanted to make his own appearance. So, like, this is like, we're just going to have fun. This is just going to be kind of a laid-back atmosphere. George, I invited his kids on. Like, whatever. We'll make it a family show. My wife will come on and talk about. My wife will come on and talk about how loud I am and how, how annoying I am on this thing. Oh, we could we could make it we can make it that you know we could just turn it into that whatever. I'm sure, your girlfriend would love to get in on that too. <laughs> yeah, well, she's at work. Uh, well, right fortunately, now, fortunately, she's yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah. Again, I didn't want to harp on that. I just remember for, I forgot we were supposed to talk about that rumor a little bit, but realistically, there's not much to really break down from a fantasy aspect. It's more or less wishful thinking at, at this point, but. I digress as always. We can move on to second base, unless you were still talking about Voight. Oh, really? Uh, no, no, we can go ahead and move on so to second base. Just ro- roll on over to uh, your second baseman. Uh, yeah, so my second base uh, value is uh, Starlin Castro. I mean, you know, I've been pretty high on Starlin Castro, regardless of format, uh, throughout the offseason. And um, I think, um, yeah, in, in points leagues, he's yeah, he doesn't strike out a lot. And, uh, you know, he's going to hit for a good average. We saw – you know, the, the big second half he had last season, hitting over 300 with 16 home runs. Now he's going to, you know, the Nationals lineup where he's projected to hit, you know, right in the middle of that lineup. Was it like third or fourth? Um, so, yeah, I like, I like Castro there as a good value at, at uh, let's see, what's his ADP on uh, Fantasy Pros? I, I had written this down for, um, let's see. I got it. Hold on. I'll look for it. I'm looking forward to him here. I'm here somewhere. Where would he go? I was just looking at him, actually. There he is. Uh, so 238. 238. Yep, yeah. 238. Just found it. So, yeah. yeah. He's, and, and he's you got love a, him. You love him this year. Yeah, he, and he's got that third base eligibility as well. So that middle corner, you know, you could put him in a lot of places. You, well, points, points leagues typically leagues. don't have that. 
Right. They typically don't have that, but it's still good to have that flexibility to be able to put him at a third base when you need to. So, uh, yeah, Castro, I, I like that. I like that he's been hitting uh, more fly balls. He's someone who uh, popped up in when I was looking at trends, uh, you know, ground ball trends, and, and his ground ball rate has been going down steadily over the last few seasons. So I think he's kind of buying into, you know, hitting, lifting the ball more. And uh, we saw that play out in the second half and hoping that continues uh, into the season. Yeah, I'm with you. On, I, I've come around on Castro. And honestly, I plan on taking advantage of this downtime and looking at a bunch of players I just never had a chance to. My goal is to potentially get, get a deep dive article done for one pitcher and one hitter per team. That's 60 articles. Don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. It's just such an ambitious number, but it is such a fun idea. What I might do, because we are going to try to go into videos a little bit, maybe I'll do video series of said of that instead just break breaking down you know a little five minute videos of me breaking down players we'll discuss on see what twitter has to say or put the idea out there and see what people have to say about it regardless oh last little plug i am going to do if you are not too familiar with points leagues or say you do venture onto this podcast as somebody who wants to get into fantasy baseball oh uh, obviously basis network has we just kind of launched our site and i just personally put out a uh article literally breaking down points leagues from the typical scoring systems all the way down to like draft strategy how to attack starting pitching hitting uh relief pitchers and obviously the starters with relief pitcher eligibility how to stream or, or what to possibly look at while streaming so i kind of touched on a little bit of everything so if you're interested on that in that it's uh baseloadnetwork.com and again it just offers a little bit of everything with that said i'll move on to my second baseman because again it's a bunch of tangents and random plugs why not and I'm going to go a little shallower. This is another guy just barely going outside the one, the 120 range. He's at 127.6. That's Kevin Biggio. He holds value in Roto Leagues, but I think he is far more valuable in points leagues because obviously second base being de- uh, a, little, a little shallower. You're looking at a guy here who just – he should be hitting top three in the lineup, like arguably probably top two. And he's just an, a guy who gets on base, period. <laughs> I mean, the strikeout rate's a little concerning, so it can be a little bit of a negative. But when you have a walk rate – of 16% or better, like that, like he showed last year. I mean, it makes up for it. And again, there's a little power and speed. I don't think the speed is, you know, too helpful in these formats. But I think, again, that he has that 20 home run upside. He's going to score, he should score a ton of runs and be on base a lot. I think there's just a lot of, a lot of points league, points leagues appeal. And I don't see, even in spring training, he hit for, he was batting 195. But that came with a 345 uh, on-base percentage because he just he gets on base that much. So where he might hurt you in Roto Leagues with the batting average, that's not so much of a concern here because, again, you're more worried about OBP and all of the power isn't as much as you'd like. I think the chip-in speed, as long as he is efficient with his stolen bases, which last year he was 14 for 14, I'd say that's pretty efficient. <laughs> and at least he was – sorry, he was 19 for 20 if you combine AAA, but 14 for 14 in the pros. That's pretty efficient. So right there, that's, that kind of makes up for the extra points he's losing and not hitting enough home runs. So all in all, I think he's a good value. And again, a shallower format type of value. So I like the strategy. You keep coming with the deeper names. I'll keep picking out the shallower names. Let's move on to third base. Third base, I did go kind of shallow here because this is you know, my guy this year, uh, Josh there's Donaldson. So many. Uh, I, was just, I just highlighted his ADP. Uh, and yeah. there's, so, there's 16 third basemen going in the top 100 right now. So it's really hard not to find like, – like, oh, I got a good one, but go ahead. Yeah, so uh, I got uh, Donaldson here as a value. Uh, his ADP uh, – average ADP is 91.6. He's someone who 
I don't mind taking, you know, 15 picks earlier, earlier than that. I think he's in a points league with his strong, I mean, he's had a walk rate over 14% each of the last four years, over 15%, three of those years, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't strike out like terribly, you know, either it's down, you know, 22%, 24%, 23% each of the last three years. So the, the difference there between his walk and strikeout rate isn't, isn't huge. So that's, that's a big plus for points leagues. He obviously crushes the ball. He's still, you know, and he's going, you know, in that stacked Minnesota lineup. That's, I mean, you can just salivate over the counting stats and all the numbers that those guys are going to put up. And Minnesota's a team collectively who really bought into like pulling the ball more. You see a lot of those guys put up big power numbers last season. They all put up, a lot of them put up career high, you know, pull rates, pulled fly ball rates. And I mean, if that's something that Donaldson buys into a little bit too, you can see, man, you know, 40 home runs there, uh, you know, in a, in a full season, but you know, you, you take, you bring that down, you scale that down to how many of our games we're going to get regardless. I mean, compared to, to a lot of other guys I could see him putting up, you know, as uh, points wise, you know, similar numbers to maybe like in that Chris Bryant, Manny Machado range. So yeah, I mean, Donaldson's a guy I'm, I'm all over. With him, it's all, it's all about health and he showed to be healthy last year in the NL as long as he stays healthy, I think he can. I think he can and will outproduce Machado specifically. Bryant's a little tougher because his on base skills are really good as well. But Machado, I think he. I think he's a better pick than Lemayhew. Lemayhew has the multi positional eligibility though. So, um, a guy that becomes, I think it becomes like Max Muncy or Do- Josh Donaldson type of discussion. And Muncy would only edge him out because of the multi positional eligibility. But Donaldson feels like a safer floor. But I like Max Muncy a lot in points leagues, especially. But regardless, I like Max Muncy a lot. So that's yeah. just a guy I want to highlight. Because, again, we're not going – we're not talking position by position, but Max Muncy is, like, first, second, and third base eligible. And because of that, and his skill set being, you know, a higher walk guy and all that, power first, fits the mold of your typical guy that I would reach on. But, again, most of these first basemen – most of these third basemen, you have 11 third basemen going in the top 70 picks right now. And most right. 12, most 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 um, points leagues are ten teamers, that may, maybe twelve teamers, and I think Donaldson belongs as a top twelve guy. So I would take him over Mercado personally, over Suarez personally. Hit. How about you? Would you take him over those guys? So in points leagues, when we're talking about guys like uh, Muncie and Donaldson, honestly, the only ones that I'm confident in taking <laughs> over them that I'm sure like you know, will outperform them are those top five guys like Arenado, Bregman, Ramirez, Rendon, Devers. Out after that, like Muncie, guys like Muncie and Donaldson, like in points, as long they as they, jump. you know, are, are healthy. Yeah, they take that big jump and, and and they can conceivably be right up there with them. Yeah, I mean, like I can't say without a doubt that that any of these guys ahead of them, Bryant, Machado, LeMahieu, Vlad Jr., that they would finish ahead of them. So, yeah, I would put them right up there with them in points. And now the guy I'm going to talk about is still – it's deeper than Donaldson. I really like the Donaldson pick. But the only reason why he's even this low is because of his injury concerns. And he's a value in every format, but that's Justin Turner. At 147.6 on, on average between the major sites, he's a guy that has tremendous value. And in points leagues, he's even that much better because he has a career 14.6% uh, strikeout rate, which it was at 16% last year, but that's the highest it's been since 2016. And he, but still, sixteen percent is is elite essentially mm-hmm. uh, with a good oh, walk yeah. rate. I mean, the last three years it's been nine point three or better. Last year being nine point three, the lowest it's been since. Let's see, what's the what's the lowest? It's yeah, it's lowest it's been since twenty sixteen. So, kind of maybe trending down because you know he is what thirty 
30, where's his age? 36, I think, 35, 35 years old. But regardless, he still hit 290 and 372 last year. The guy has a career 367 and 290, uh, 292 batting average, 367 OBP last year, or career. So Justin Turner is just such a solid player. It is strictly based on health with him. We know he's going to be good. So again, hitting in, that, hitting in another stack lineup, just, right? Just, I don't see why I wouldn't want him. Like, he's borderline top 10 for me in this format. I'd rather have Justin Turner. On a promise is a per game basis, but I'd rather have him over a Matt over a Matt Chapman in this format, over Jeff McNeil, mm-hmm. and that's where it gets kind of iffy because I understand those are that might be a shocker to some, but Chapman, he's he's good, but I think I don't know. Like, I actually don't think his on base percentage is that great. I'm looking it up right now, um, but I think that that's kind of like the area he at least belongs in. So he's a fringe top twelve guy in this format, and right now he is at the number twenty two second. Uh, Third baseman off the board. So, okay, I lied. Chapman, I would probably take for the power upside because he's good enough in on base skills. He has a career three forty one bat on base percentage, and his but his strikeout rate is so is a lot higher. Even though it's still about league average, if not a little better. Good walk rate, but I don't know. I think I still prefer Turner if only Turner could stay healthy. But because you know Chapman's probably getting more games, I would have to go with Chapman. But it, like my point is, those I think realistically they belong in the same uh, area in points leagues as far as like where you're getting them, but you can get chat, uh, Turner about 50. Actually, yeah, you can get him 50 picks later. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. He's a big time value in, in points leagues. Yeah. Sticking with the Dodgers at shortstop, a, a guy I absolutely love <laughs> in you points love leagues. Him. Yes. Corey Seager, uh, ADP around 136. This is like a, my guys episode right now, more than it is a, uh, points <laughs> league, all, all value points leagues. We're just talking about the guys we like. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. kind of the point. Go ahead. Right. I mean, um, points leagues, I, I don't, I mean, points leagues were my first leagues. I mean, it's, I, it was my home league, very first league that I ever started uh, playing, you know, fantasy baseball as a points league, still going strong. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've grown to really appreciate Roto and, and I think at this point I even prefer Roto, but yeah, I mean, I still, I still enjoy a good points league. So I, uh, this is something I, I'm, I'm always constantly looking at, you know, who, who I can, uh, who I can target in, in points. So Corey Seager, I mean, I, I recently put out a tweet comparing him to uh, Xander Bogarts. And I mean, if, if you look at it, he, he hits a ton of doubles. He had 44 doubles last season uh, in only what, like 135 games, give him 600 plate appearances. And that would have been about 49 doubles. Uh, you know, only a few short of, of Bogarts is 52 in uh, almost 700 plate appearances. So, I mean, you know those doubles play up in in points leagues, and he missed 2018 with the uh, Tommy John, and then he got the hip surgery. But even before that, leading up to the injury, his expecting batting average was still uh, 290. It was two <clears throat> 293, and so coming back in 2019, it, it took him a while. It really did take take him a while to get going. His, his career average, like exit velocity on line drives and fly balls, was right around. Uh, 94.5 and starting you know starting off the season it was down to 92 going up to 93 halfway through and up and in September it was back up to his career norm uh, you know 49.5 uh, 49.9 so I mean sorry 94.9 and uh, so he, he it took him a while to get back but you, you could see by the end of the year he was healthier he's hitting the ball better he had 10 home runs and 20 doubles through August and September uh, doesn't strike out it's on sub 20% strikeout rate 
doesn't walk a whole much, a whole lot, you know, a 8% uh, walk rate, but it's still, you know, it's not, not bad, especially if he's not going to strike out too much. 39% ground ball rate is strong. So, you know, so he's, he's lifts, lifts the ball some. And I mean, before last season, Bogart said his career high in home runs was only 23. And then, you know, he broke out last year. So, I mean, it's conceivable for me to think that Seager with a similar batted ball profile can get up to 30 home runs. And in that lineup, I mean, he's going to, he's going to put up a bunch of counting stats. So uh, yeah, I really like Seager uh, in, in points leagues. Yeah, I hear you, man. Um, I am surprisingly going to talk up a guy I don't think I've spoken about at all this draft season. And it's simply because shortstop is so deep, and I found myself finding him as kind of just an average guy, but he's just such a good value here. And he's going inside the top 100, but he could arguably – I don't see why he's not – he could be going higher in points leagues, and that's Marcus Simeon. This is weird because I just never really looked at him, and I'm really intrigued by some of the growth you've seen in his, in his overall game. We're looking at a guy who had career best walk rates and strikeout rates last year, which led to a career best 285 batting average and 369 on base percentage. He's been trending as far as the K rate goes. It's been getting better each of the last three seasons. In 2017, it was 22%. In 2018, it was 18.6%. And then in 2019, Semyon had a 13.7% K rate. So it's trending in the right direction. And this comes with his walk rate um, at a career best 11.6%. And when you go look at the plate discipline, because plate discipline, you know, can tell one story compared to the app production. I got to find it now. His uh, chase rate, his, sorry, his O swing, which is basically chase rate. It was a career best 23.1% last year. Swinging strike rate was a career best 7.2%. And again, also following the trends, it's gotten better each of the last three years. The O swing was about basically in line two years ago, the last two years, and then this year was the career best. But he, so he's swimming, he's swinging at less pitches outside the zone. He's, he, he's missing less pitches in, uh, in general, and his contact rate is a career best. So you're looking at a guy who basically learned to be more patient at the plate, not be as aggressive, but make more contact. That's like, what you want to always see in a, in a player's profile. So a lot, it's all being backed up. All the breakout is being backed up. And I was trying to look it up, but my internet was being spotty because everyone's using the internet. Yeah. He had a career best barrel rate and he actually lowered his launch angle for the third straight year to 14.7 degrees, which isn't obviously a bad one, but it's just weird because, you know, it's, it's always been within that window of uh, a good, uh, a good launch angle. So all in all, it's pretty legitimate. And I think, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to hit 38, 33 again, but all this, all the StatCast data kind of pretty much backs up as well. So I really like Marcus Simeon this year as a whole, but specifically, I think in points leagues, he might gain a little more value. But again, shortstop being so deep, he might fall. But let's see, I'm going to, it's uh, Marcus Simeon or like Machado. I don't, I don't think, I think because Machado doesn't walk that much. I think I would let Machado go and just sit back and get Simeon or Bobuchet. I think he's so he's super exciting, but again, the value isn't. He's kind of being priced out almost. And in points leagues, again, I can sit back and get a Marcus Simeon. You know, you know, I'm not touching Mondesi. I'd rather have Simeon. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you see my point here. It's just like I will sit back. Like, I'll just let Simeon follow me. I think he might be closer to appropriately priced in with his ADP. But in points leagues, if you take him around pick 65 or 70 you would still be gaining value there. So I don't know. All in all, I kind of, I really like Simeon this year. You pretty much nailed it when you say that he's like appropriately priced. The one thing I'll say about Simeon is he's kind of been over the last couple of seasons, like a, an, an accumulator, especially last season. And in a shortened season, I think those kind of guys maybe take a hit guys like him, guys like Jorge Polanco. Um, 
because because we're they're only playing you know maybe a hundred games so like you said the, the the hitting improvements are legit for sure i mean his contact rate his plate discipline have have gone up like each of the last three seasons so he's been making strides there he's probably one of the most improved players uh, in baseball over the last couple of years so yeah I, I i like simeon the only thing i would say like i just worry about these guys who kind of you know accumulate stats over a full season like this with a lot of plate appearances so so, so we just covered the infield. We hit catcher, first base, second base, third base, shortstop. Before we hit the outfield, we're going to go ahead and take a brief break and get back to you after a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. Outfield, George. I wasn't sure if we should do three. We should do one. It's hard with outfield. There's so many of them. So if you want to throw, just throw a few names out there. I mean, you don't have to break them down so much as just I just want to. I just want to highlight some values, man. So don't know how, how many. How many did you write down? How about that? We'll go with that. Um, well, I mean, there's so I, many I can pick out a few names here. Yeah, yeah. I, I think originally we we're supposed to have Zach on, so we didn't want to have too many names. So I, I only had a uh, one name written down here. So for let's, my do, let's, split, team. let's split the difference and do two, two outfielders, such a random number, but who cares? <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. Yeah, for sure. So the guy I had down as a good value in, in the outfield for points leagues is uh, Shinsu Chu. Real like Shinsu Chu, Shinsu Chu <laughs> in, uh, in points leagues. You know, you know he's probably he's gonna lead off. He's gonna lead off there in Texas. Uh, strong walk walk rate, at least eleven percent walk rate since twenty thirteen. The guy's super consistent. Uh, still hits the ball really hard. Uh, Ninety six point seven mile per hour exit velocity on line drives and fly balls. He does hit too many ground balls, but that's just who he is at this point. But at least, I mean, with the strong, you know, exit velocity, you know, he can get you know, 20 home runs out, out of there. So uh, still is still, you know, stealing some bases. So 20 home runs, 10 steals. Uh, I know those don't really, they don't really count for as much, you know, in, in, in points leagues. But uh, yeah, I think Chu uh, is a strong, maybe third outfielder in, in the points league that you can get down at ADP, uh, you know, 222. Uh, you can wait on your third outfielder in a, in a three outfield points league and get Chu and be perfectly fine there. Yeah, and my guy is right there, literally right under him at 231, and that's Andrew McCutcheon. I've been banging the drum on Andrew McCutcheon all offseason. Now you know he'll be healthy by the time season starts back up. A career 18% walk rate, uh, K rate guy, a career 12.2% uh, walk rate guy, and a career 378 on base percentage, which is actually what he had last year as well in 2019 for the Phillies. The K rate has trended upwards the last two seasons at 21%. 21.3% and then 21% last season as well. But so has the walk rate at 13.9 in 2018 and 16.4% in 2019. So we're looking at a guy that you know is going to get on base a lot. He's going to hit a top of that lineup. So he's going to get plenty of at-bats and he's going to just compile those points for you. And again, he's, he's more, these guys, Chu and McCutcheon fit this whole roster stabilizer thing. I really, I, I I'm going to, I think we need to talk about just roster stabilizers one day on a podcast. Cause I think, they are underutilized and underappreciated because there are, you can take risks all throughout your draft, but I think it's essential to get at least one or two of these guys that you can plug them in, set them, forget them, and they are like the building blocks to your teams at various points in, within the within your draft. So 
we're gonna have to highlight them one day on a separate podcast it's actually an article idea of mine so i might do both why not i have the time we have the time but all in all <laughs> i do like um i do like both of these names and mccutcheon is just a guy that again completely under underrated this year in drafts and almost forgotten about because of the injury last year which i don't think it's gonna affect him all that much especially with the extra downtime to get healthy mccutcheon was gonna be you know he he's someone that stands out uh I probably I would have mentioned him if you didn't. So that's a <laughs> there's good so talk. many there's so many <laughs> yeah. names we could talk about in outfield, man. Outfield is so deep, and you only need three in your typical uh, typical points league. So it's like, it's right, like how, exactly. deep, how deep should that, we go? Uh, you know, how deep should we like? Like Susugo is very intriguing to me, but he's outside the top 300. Probably not a, a, a name people are going to look at in points leagues that, that deep. So it's like I'm trying. It's like really hard for me to gauge how deep to go because again, for roto formats, we as analysts, at least the two of us, we've learned to go deeper and deeper into the player pool which isn't quite necessary in 10 or 12 team points leagues, assuming you're playing a standard points leagues with three outfielders, no corner, no middle, and only one utility. Right. Yeah. When I'm uh, in my, uh, you know, in my head to head leagues with only like, you know, three outfielders, I find myself like thinking, dang, like, you know, I like so many guys. Like I don't want to fill my outfield too early or, you know, I find myself wishing like, oh, man, I, I wish this was a roto league where I could just roster all these guys that I like. <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, a couple other guys uh, that could play up in points leagues. Um, Alex Verdugo, if he's ready to go uh, by the time the season rolls around, uh, doesn't strike out a lot, very much at all. Uh, you know, he's going to hit for a very strong average. Could uh, His extra base hits could play up there in Boston. He's going to lead off. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, he's not going to hit for a ton of power. So him and another guy, Brian Reynolds, are guys that, like, in Roto Leagues, you're kind of chasing at this point in the draft around 180 or so for the batting average. And uh, I think, I think they play up. I think they'll, they'll actually be better um, in points leagues. So yeah, I don't know. Um, what, what do you think about these guys? This is where like the boring players gain value. <laughs> like like right. that's pretty much, it is what it is. The boring players gain value. And you named a couple of boring players. Verdugo is one in particular I was actually eyeing before I picked McCutcheon. So I'm right there with you. Brian Reynolds, you know I'm not a huge fan of. But in a points league, he's a roster stabilizer. You want to know my version of Brian Reynolds? I like, but he has he has the track record. Just unfortunately, he has also a track record of injury is Adam Eaton. I'm a huge Adam Eaton guy uh-huh. in, both, in both formats because he doesn't strike out. And he's good all-around player hitting a t- hitting the top of a lineup. So player period. again, maybe more of an accumulator. So he might lose value in a shortened season. But all in all, a safe, solid third outfielder. Obviously, he's better off as a you know a fifth outfielder, a fourth outfielder. But he's a good, solid settlement for game type of guy that he's not going to win your week. He's not going to lose your week either. But a guy that I really like in these formats is uh, Max Kepler because of the power potential and the guy just. I mean. Guy just doesn't strike out really. I mean, he walks a lot. He had a 10.1% walk rate, 16.6% strikeout rate last year. Uh, in 2018, 11.6 and 15.7 respectively as well. Surprisingly, the OBP isn't better, but we're talking about a guy again that just doesn't strike out, which again, that's not, that means he's not going to give you negative points, but he is going to, and he can't, and he showed he has the pop. He has 30, 36 home runs last year. He should be leading off for the Twins from, from what, I, what early indications were. And I heard you know, early rumblings suggested as much as well. So we're talking about again, you're getting you're getting a little bit, you're getting some power without the strikeout issues, and a guy who should accumulate good amount of at bats as long as he's hitting top, you know, two or three in the lineup. That's pretty much. It. I mean, again, we can I, JD Davis, another good outfield. You know me, I'm I just look for a reason to talk about him. Just say his name. So JD Davis, another <laughs> third base outfield eligible. Um, he might actually get hurt from this because now their team's gonna be healthy. 
and the playing time might be more of a question. We'll see. I mean, I don't know if there's, I mean, again, we can just go up and down this list of outfielders. Kyle Schwarber is a huge one. I think he's a, he's an immense value. I'm just trying to pick up, pick up, pick out names. I haven't spoken about a lot this off season because yeah, I, I, I really like uh, Willie Calhoun. Yeah. Doesn't strike out a lot. Should, should be healthy. The jaw, the mm-hmm. whole broken jaw thing. Brian Anderson, another one that doesn't strike out a lot. Could and I think I I'm just bullish on him. He's gonna be a deep dive guy for sure because I think there's a lot of intriguing little things about this boring Brian Anderson. His name is boring, like <laughs> <laughs> like he has a boring name to go with his boring skill set. But I think there's something actually there. Yeah, outfield's loaded. Anybody like any last minute names you just want to throw out there before we move on? Um, I think we're good. I think we're I good mean, to move if you're, on. If you are truly desperate, say you play like in a 20-team points league that just uses those shallow rosters, Nick Markakis is very valuable in a very, very deep points league because the guy has a great on-base percentage, great approach. Just He's like out of meat and light. Like he's, He offers a high floor just still, like just not great. But I don't know. I feel, I feel like Nick Markakis, I don't think anybody's mentioned him on a podcast this offseason, so you're welcome, world. Right. Yeah, no, he, he's definitely strong in points leagues. Um, look, taking a look down here, too, at 341, Brandon Nimmo. There you go. Yeah, he – oh, I, see, it's funny. I scrolled right by him looking at him like, oh, yeah, he's good. OBP guy. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I scrolled right by him, but definitely the same thing. I look at him. But you know why Nick Morkakis is on my mind? I bet you I saw that name, and we're playing the MLB The Show, which we're actually going to do a little bit of streaming and stuff like that. Cause I'm actually gonna, yeah, man. I'm actually going to look into – I haven't – I meant to tell you that before we got started, but I think I'm going to look into Twitch and all that to try to live stream some of our matchups for fun. Just because why not? Again, why not? What else are we going to do for content? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so uh, – uh, and one of our new writers, Tate – I wish I knew his last name. I'm bad with this. His is it Schilling? It's, is that how you say it? It's uh, Tate S, so that way we're appropriate because I don't want to mess up his last name. I'll ask him how to say it for next time. But he is a new contributor. We met – I actually – you know, we met him playing on this this video game and – He's the Braves or was the Braves in our little, you know, private league. And he just killed the ball. Like he couldn't strike out or get out with Marquecas. He was always getting hits with them. So maybe I'm a little biased towards a video game. I don't know. But Marquecas popped in my head and he legitimately is a good, very, very deep points league value. So that's enough about Nick Marquecas. That is literally more time than anyone has probably spent on him in any podcast at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, pitch, starting pitchers. Let's do two or three each again as well. I mean, maybe one at the top, one in the middle, one at the bottom type of thing. Right at the top for me, it's Patrick Corbin. Okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure about going how uh, how shallow <laughs> we were going here, <laughs> how high. Yeah. That, that's right at the top. Well, okay, fine. I mean, if, if that's too far up, I do think uh, Jose Barrios. That's a, pick that's a good one. That was looking at Barrios, yeah. Barrios is just a guy that you know the Ks might be limited, but quality starts and wins are very in his favor. And those are, that's 10 points every quality start win he gets. Granted, we don't know about innings and all that yet, so it's going to really, really affect a lot of this. If they're playing seven-inning games, doubleheaders, et cetera, et cetera, there's a lot of this. That could, but I still think he'd be the type that would be immune to that. He just might pitch more seven-inning games. Right, so. exactly. So when we're looking at pitching in points leagues, you're, you're looking at innings pitched, you're looking at strikeouts, you're looking at quality starts, and you're looking at wins. That's, you know, those are the bread and butter of points leagues. That's what you want. I mean, you're not really worried too much about what their ERA is. I mean, of, of course, you know, uh, a higher ERA is going to lead to, uh, you know, fewer quality starts and, and fewer wins. But I mean, you're not necessarily worried uh, too much about that. And then, uh, and then whip as well. I mean, whip doesn't, uh, and it's just, it's just kind of common sense guys with lower whip are probably going to go deeper into games 
but uh, like I say, you're not worried about those ratios. So uh, Barrios is a good one. Uh, another guy, um, Madison Bumgarner, is uh, probably better in points leagues. You know, I need that. I need to applaud you. I'm cutting you off because I need to applaud you for talking right through my son asking, "Will you help me?" And uh, I don't know if you heard that, but he like, yelled. Me. I was like, "Jeez, <laughs> okay, my three year old." And uh, I kept talking through an earthquake. So that I mean, is true. I- <laughs> you did. That was impressive, man. You know what? These pods are becoming more and more off the rails because. I'm just, I'm just being more lax. Why not? I mean, I'm serious. Like, what else are we gonna do besides have a little fun right now? You know, trying. It's lighthearted. And honestly, everybody's home with their kids right now. This is real life. Normally, I have nobody home, or normally I'm yeah. podcasting. Yeah, for sure. Bed. We are living in a chaotic world, and what better way to to just be real and upfront and transparent with the listeners? My kids are home. Like, I can't stress that enough. I'm my content is limited because of how much like I just don't have the same amount of time available to give you what you guys want as far as like, you know, the amount of content and the availability. I just don't have it. My wife's a teacher. She's in the other room teaching. I already said that in the podcast earlier in the podcast, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to work with what I got. And what I got are two kids running around this apartment bore out of their minds. You heard him tell you he hates it. My eight year old. So I hate yeah. to go off on a tangent <laughs> and I hate to reiterate that, but I just want to, I just, I guess I kind of feel bad because you know, people have come to know us for different types of uh for different way of presenting our material but we are kind of in a weird time, so it's going to be a little bit of a weird thing. So anyway, back to Madison Bumgarner. What were you saying oh, yeah. before I really interrupted? Oh, no, no, it's all good. So yeah, Madison Bumgarner at uh, 121 probably is uh, you know, a little bit more valuable in points leagues because you know, he's going to get that volume, probably 200 innings, um, maybe 200 strikeouts. So uh, yeah, I like, I like Bumgarner in points leagues. Uh, the guy I had here listed for my all value team uh, was I went down to let's see it's pick uh, 159 with Mike Miner uh, I think there's like a probably a little bigger discrepancy there between like his roto value and and points league value he's one of these one of the last guys here that's going you know pretty late that you could probably count on for you know close to if not more than than 200 innings he he did hit 200 innings uh, and exactly 200 strikeouts last season and like we mentioned before, you know, guys who go a little bit deeper into games uh, get that big boost in, in points leagues. And uh, 15 of his 32 starts last season, uh, he went seven or more innings. Uh, so you, you love to see that in, in points leagues. You know, you have a higher chance uh, for, for wins there and then uh, getting those quality starts. Uh, you know, he only he trailed only Trevor Bauer and Lance Lynn in, in the number of pitches he threw uh, three times to the order or more. So, I mean. They, they let him go. They let him go there in Texas. So definitely like that. Another guy who uh, maybe gets a, a boost in point six as well is uh, uh, Marcus Stroman. Again, be, because of the volume, I'm a little, you know, a little excited to see him, you know, what he can do in, in the NL now, you know, in, in New York. Uh, maybe he can pick up a few more strikeouts there. So uh, Stroman is some, someone that I like, you know, He's someone who's not going to help you in whip, that's for sure, like in, in roto leagues. But like I said, you're not really too worried about that in points leagues. A couple guys, you actually touched on one a lot I really like in points leagues is Lance Lynn. And I think what we saw out of him last year is very much real for him. I think there's a legitimate change to back it all up. And he's a guy that's always kind of like shown here and there. I think he just put it together. The pitch mix change, the, uh, the effectiveness of it, the K rate increase the the ratios are pretty much backed up by the uh by the uh predictors so all in all just a solid guy again he pitched 208 innings and it, with a with over a k per inning i really like 
the chances for him to just provide solid value as a starting pitcher and quality starts are likely to come with that. Edwin, Edwin, uh, Edwin, Ed Carnacion, wrong, wrong position. Eduardo, uh, not Eduardo Escobar, Eduardo Rodriguez. Jeez, I'm all over the place. Erod is just a guy that, again, kind of showed his health last year. He was more, but he did kind of, you know, came with a lot of wins. But it is what I, I mean. I don't think that Boston team's going to get a lot of wins by any means compared to like what it could have done had they not traded Mookie Betts and lost Chris Sale. But regardless, Chris Sale didn't really affect Rodriguez's chance of getting wins. But Regardless, I like Erod. I think the I think what we saw from him, I feel like he's almost like a Barrios light. That was the kind of like that middling, you know, that not a K per inning, kind of a high three ERA guy. It's just a matter of if he can get through, you know, six innings to get him the quality starts. So that's kind of he's a little iffy, but I do like him. I think his value in points leagues is kind of like a safe, solid, you know, floor. And then there's um I don't know a couple other names just to throw them out there. I th- uh, Lynn was on the all value uh, team because he's going at one twenty six. But I still think he's a value in all formats. He's just a guy that I'm targeting. And I haven't really highlighted a lot on this podcast. So I wanted to make sure I got him out there. And um, yeah. I don't know. Then What's this... up, Georgie? Uh-oh. Hi. We have two kids. <laughs> we have two kids making their podcast debut. What's up, Georgie? He... Well, Georgie just got up. Man, life. Oh, it's cool. Hello. You know, he gets a kick out of uh... – he gets a kick out of hearing me on on the in the car when you know yeah, for cool. the podcast. Yeah, and uh, he always he calls it broadcasting. He's like, "Are oh, you going to broadcast today?" <laughs> my kid asks me if I'm going to podcast every night because he he falls asleep while listening to me talk in the other room. But yeah, he's uh, does George, is Georgie next year still? Yeah, he's right here. Get him. Ask him what his favorite team is and all that. Is Georgie, he a Giants what's your, what's your favorite baseball team? Giants. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry, kid. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he uh man, what one time uh it was it was hilarious. We we went to a Dodger a random Dodger game here in LA. It was the Dodgers and Brewers. And um, you know, we're we're sitting up in in the it was right field and everyone's cheering, you know, let's go Dodgers and uh he calls me to him and, and he's whispers in my ear, he's like, Let's go Giants <laughs> You know, and, and the it. Giants aren't even playing. <laughs> yeah, but, but that's he's a kid. He's supposed to, you know, and how old was he when he did that? Like four, six, like five? Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> you were probably what, like five or six, right? Yeah, he was probably like five or six. Exactly. Well, tell Georgie thank you for being on. He gets to hear himself on the podcast, which would be kind of cool to him, I'm sure. So yeah, um, yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I'm glad you right, joined George. us. I t- tell him I said thank you because I don't know if he has a headset in. So yeah, um, he can hear. <laughs> all right, cool. So we're gonna right, last starting pitcher broadcast. <laughs> yeah. The last starting pitcher I'm going to highlight <laughs> by uh, is Aaron Savale because he's a guy that actually doesn't strike out a lot of people, but his skill set should allow him to pitch deeper in the games, more of a ground ball and pitch to contact type of guy. Good control, uh, you know, a sub two uh, walks per nine type of guy. So all in all, just a solid guy that can get you through, you know, innings and innings eaters kind of gain values, kind of gain value in points league. So at the end of the day, though, relief pitchers, I think it's we're better off talking about strategy because I think truly the best value at relief pitchers, and you can argue with me if you'd like, but it's the starting pitchers with with relief pitcher eligibility. Sparps, that's the, my route I like to, to go with on um, when it comes to relief pitchers. How do you like to attack relief pitching? Yeah, so, I mean, Sparps are, are you know, that's a good strategy to go with, but if, if you're in most, you know, head-to-head points leagues, relief, you only get, as far I mean, at least the ones that I've seen, you only get two or three relief pitcher spots at most. 
I've seen mostly um, two, yeah. Yeah, it's usually only two, um, three tops. So there's really no need. There's absolutely no need to grab two elite closers. Like if you if you're in a league that counts anything for holds, um, yeah, there's really no need to grab two of those. Uh, you know, two cl- uh, closers like in the top two hundred. There's really no need. You can grab one. Uh, you know, it's fine. I think you're kind of wasting a pick there if you take another reliever like in the top two hundred. So instead, I mean, I, I like to target for someone as my second or third uh, reliever. You know, I got down at, uh, let's see, uh, I got uh, Seth Lugo down at 256 on average. So Lugo, you know he's going to get more volume than, than your typical reliever. Uh, you know, he's going to come be in line for some, some wins. He's going to get some holds, maybe throw in a few saves. Uh, but really like Lugo there um, as, a, as a late relief option. Obviously had a really big season last year. So um, Lugo and then another guy uh, who's a, a little deeper as well. And, and like I said, you, you look for these guys who really, you know, get uh, volume and strikeouts. You know, for, for relievers, you want those strikeouts for sure. Uh, and so another guy I have here is Matt Barnes at 380, all the way down to 380. Matt Barnes uh, had one of the top strikeout rates, you know, only behind guys like uh, Nick Anderson and, and Josh Hader. He, he was right up there. And, uh, you know, if you believe that he's, he's next in line and, and they're in Boston to, to close, he's one of those guys that are, that are on the fringe, uh, you know, could see some save opportunities if, if Workman doesn't uh, pan out or, or, you know, if he can't repeat what he was doing this uh, last season. So really like Matt Barnes there, um, like I said, because of those strikeouts that, that you want in, in points leagues. Gotcha. See, I'm going to just talk about some sparks because although I could talk about them in starting pitching side of things, I do think that they are worth mentioning some guys that have that outside eligibility. Like Kenta Maeda at 174.6. I think he's easily a top 125 guy in this format because of that spark eligibility, maybe top 130. I still think he, I mean, I think he's under, I think he's underappreciated in general. Like he's a better starting pitcher than he's being given credit for on a team that's not going to hold back his innings more, more than likely now. So he should have a, a full-time role. Carlos Martinez, another guy that 176 point, 171.6, another guy just making the transition back into a starter. The innings limit that he was likely on shouldn't affect him anymore because now he should, he should be able to pitch without any limitations. Jesus Lizardo is a big one. He's, he's going at 123.6, so a little shallower, but he's easily – probably I don't, see, I don't know if he's a top 100 guy because he I don't, I, I don't know how much he, – does he really pitch deep into games? We don't really know what they're going to do. Right. Because so I think he's I think he's more valuable in um in Roto League still, but I still would like to take him at at least at his ADP because I like again I just want the points for, from a starter in the relief pitcher role. Couple, let's see, let's go for a couple deeper. Uh, Jose Arquiti at two hundred five point six, another starter, part of a great. Oh, Josh James, forget about it. You're not gonna argue uh, with that absolutely. one. Talk about you want to talk about strikeout upside and win potential. Josh James is your guy. AJ Puck, same idea. So it's uh-huh. like those a couple are those guys. Are, uh, a couple of the Tampa Bay guys like Yanni Chirinos, Ryan Yarbrough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And if you're chasing wins, you go for the you go for those guys because they could ha- employ openers ahead of them. So you might lose the quality start points, but you're more likely to get the wins out of them. So there's that you know potential there. So all yeah. in all, and uh, so, one more thing to add about relievers: if it. you are in a daily lineup league, um, I like to roster some of these guys that are relievers that have starting pitcher eligibility. So that when you don't have a starter going, you could just put one of those guys in your starter spot and maybe you can get a few more points that day out of, you know, a hold or 
a couple innings pitched in relief. So a couple guys that I really like are like Ryan Stanek, who has that starting eligibility uh, because he was uh, an opener for the Rays before and now with Miami. Um, so I like to roster a couple of these guys like Ryan Stanek, um, Diego Castillo. Diego Castillo uh, opened up for the Rays a couple of times, so he's got that, that starter eligibility in some leagues. You're missing um, one. <laughs> oh, uh, there's two actually you're missing. I really like. Why don't you go ahead? <laughs> Drew Pomeranz and Corbin Burns. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Drew Pomeranz, I have him uh, here as well. Corbin I'm sure Burns you is do. A good one. You haven't gotten there yet because I just scrolled down because I found Jordan Lyles hiding at 379, and he's he was interesting, man. He actually had a really good year last year, but he had two months that just got he got blown up. And it's funny because if you look at those two months, it lines up with a pitch arsenal, like an arsenal change, and he flip-flopped back to what was being successful in the early like two or three months, and he finished out the season strong. So for the two months that he struggled, the pitch mix change lined up perfectly. So the pitch mix change was not a good change. He switched back, and he, he finished off the way he started. Very, very interesting and kind of cool thing to see the bad months line up with that, you know, with the, with the, you know, there was tangible change behind the good and bad. It was really, really intriguing. So Lyles over with the Rangers, a quiet, like and again, he's a spark. That's why I brought him up. He has a, mm-hmm. he has a really pitch eligibility, but he's a starter. So just a guy I wanted to point out. And I just think he doesn't get, enough, again, another guy doesn't get enough airtime, but he is very intriguing. He's in my top 100 pitchers, even with everything, even if you include all guys that are going to be healthy and all that going forward. So. I think and there, we lost a few extra, extra pitchers anyway, so there's more sp- spots. Whatever, we'll figure it out. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> too early to talk about ranks because we don't even know what's going on yet. Is that everything? Did we do it? Are we done? I think that's everything, man. I think that's All right, everything. Cool. So that's episode 91. We're getting close to episode 100, and I actually have a pretty cool idea of how to attack that. We will tackle that once we get closer. We're still a few episodes away, and we're slowing down with the frequency of the episodes to kind of spread our content out so you guys can enjoy us, you know, moderately throughout the week. So. I'm going to try to get more interviews in, introduce you guys to a few of our writers, some writers from other sites, some guys that deserve more recognition that don't have enough, you know, enough followers. So we're going to continue to come to you with some form of content while all this is going, all this craziness is happening. You'll get a lot more family interviews apparently as well along the way. Lastly, I guess we're going to try our best. I've already given up hope, but we, we won round one. Thank you to all my, our, all of my, like it's all me, all of our faithful listeners for voting for us. We won round one of this podcast thing the bracket round two yeah. we get to face pitcher list oh geez um, oh yeah <laughs> and it's unfortunate because man like i hope i think tonight he's supposed to be on a live stream i'm gonna get on and so when you're recording when you're listening to this it's probably a couple days ago i'm gonna point out to him that like he's going down but realistically nick and alex are a couple of the, and, and the whole team over there there's a lot of guys you know we've had a few people Ver, uh, shelly Ver straight um a couple other names are slipped my mind they've been on the podcast that write for them as well and contribute for them and just overall, just such a solid core of people over there that it's hard to root against them. Like, obviously, I would vote for them if it wasn't for our podcast type of thing. You know what I mean? So right. at the end of the day, it's it's so hard to say. Like, I, obviously, please vote for us. But realistically, Pitcherless is doing a great job over there. Great group of guys. If we're going to lose to anybody, I'm okay. It sounds like, a, you know, it's a kiss-ass response, but it is what it is. Like, I truly would be okay losing to them versus somebody else. So. Yeah, that's it. That's all I gotta say. Oh, Pitchless is a bunch of good guys over there. So I hate I hate the idea of losing, but at least I'm gonna lose to a couple of re- some really good guys over there. So exactly, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. With that being said, guys, as always, you can find us on Twitter. I'm Mike at Mike underscore Curlin. George is at Roto underscore Nino. The Bases Loaded Network podcast. Everything is at Bases Loaded FBN. 
don't forget to check out our written content. We have, and we have some video work that is in the works as well. So check us out on basesloadednetwork.com for all things bases loaded and um, rating and review. Of course, we will never stop asking for those. A five-star rating and review greatly appreciated. Obviously it helps us grow and become, I guess, better seen on iTunes. I forget. I honestly don't know how it works, but I know it helps. So we appreciate any and all that we get. We truly appreciate you guys listening to us. I know traffic has slowed down across the board for this stuff. So any and all listeners are greatly appreciated. You guys really have no idea. You are driving us to continue to push forward during this down these, this down period. So we, uh, as always, just truly appreciate you guys listening. Like I said, for the fifth time, and <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>